Welcome to This Week in South Carolina. I'm Charles Bierbauer. With less than a month remaining in this year's legislative session, the South Carolina General Assembly has crossed the Rubicon. In legislative parlance, that's the crossover deadline when legislation passed by one House must cross the hallway to the other, House to Senate or Senate to House. We now know which bills have any chance of becoming law this year and which have almost no chance. There have been some surprises. And there's an impact for nearly every South Carolina resident and taxpayer. Joining me to review the progress are Senator Kevin Johnson, a Democrat from Manning, and Representative Gary Simrel, the Republican House Majority Leader from Rock Hill. Gentlemen, thank you both for being here. We're, we're bipartisan and bicameral this week, a Republican and a Democrat, a Senator and a Representative. When, when I described the crossover date, it was Tuesday, that pretty well defines what's left to do in the last month of your legislative session. So let's start, if we might, with what's undoubtedly been the most controversial issue you faced this year, the shutdown of the V.C. summer nuclear plant, well before its completion and at a cost to ratepayers of billions. The House and Senate have different approaches to that. Uh, uh, Representative Simrel, you, you passed the bill. Can you give us a quick uh, summary of what you've done? Sure, and we've passed multiple bills, and, and really sure. uh, predating that, uh, Mr. Bill Bauer, we, we met uh, as a House committee uh, the HERPSI committee, as it was called, to really hear testimony, to go through every aspect of what had happened uh, either building up to VC summer, during VC summer, and then after VC summer. From that testimony and from those meetings, uh, we came up with, with several proposals. Uh, they dealt with... What, what are kind of the nuts and bolts of it? Well, the ORS reform, uh, Office of Regulatory Staff, PSC reform, the Public Service Commission, uh, taking the, what the ratepayer is paying now, that 18% that's a current part of that bill, and taking that down to zero. Uh, we passed those bills. The Senate, in return, volley sent us a resolution, a joint resolution, Senate Bill 954, uh, which gave an experimental rate to be decided by the Public Service Commission at the end of the year, but it kept it at 18%. We returned that and took it down to 0%, said at least in this interim, no ratepayer should continue to pay for something that will never see the light of day. And to continue the representative's uh, tennis analogy here, uh, the volley is back in your court, as, as it, it were. Senate has not passed a bill yet on this. What's going to happen? Well, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. Um, as I was mentioned earlier, uh, before we came back in January, everybody I talked to who's a member of the General Assembly, uh, said number one issue was the nuclear debacle. And so I sit here disappointed that here we are with a month ago in the session and we are just now in the Senate uh, starting to deal with it. And I, I expect that when we finish the budget, which hopefully will be today, we'll be back on that particular bill. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, I think there's some good things in the, in the bill that the House passed and there's some things we're considering in the Senate. But I hate to say it, but I'm just not sure what's going to happen, if anything, uh, this year. Procedurally, don't you now pretty much have to take the House's bill and, and work from there? Right, right, because as you mentioned with the crossover, that, that, that's what we'll be working on. And, um, and I think the House bill, or was it the Senate, but one of them is on special order. But either way, um, as soon as we finish the budget, uh, we'll be back on the VC summer nuclear uh, uh, issue. And, and uh, you know, we have to see where it goes. Uh, my, my sense is that the Senate is more lenient than the House in terms of what uh, the utilities, primarily Scanna, but, but also Santee Cooper, uh, will be allowed to collect, as, as the representative says, zero in terms of continuing 
collections for the for the nuclear plant. Uh, what's what's the operative number still in the Senate? Well, let me say this: we do have um, a few members in the Senate who agree with the zero, but I think for most of the Senate, that's not realistic. And I think we're somewhere between maybe three and five, going down from 18 to maybe uh, uh, 13 uh, cent. I'm, I'm sorry, 13 percent mm -hmm. of the bill, and, and and maybe even below that. I've heard five percent. Yeah, and, and I think the last thing we talked about in the Senate was five percent. I meant to say we we're going to reduce it 13 cent, 13 percent from 18 to uh, to 13, which would be five percent. Um, we would love to do zero, but I just don't think at this point that that's realistic. So where's where's the meeting ground? They lob it back to you with your bill amended to five percent. Well, would that go through the House? Possibly. I mean, we'll look at anything. Obviously, 18 is unacceptable. Uh, you have the governor who is saying that if you send him anything other than zero, uh, he will veto that. If you look at the number in the Senate that voted uh, based on uh, what Senator Johnson just talked about a minute ago, that is a, uh, a veto-proof deal uh, for the governor. Obviously, he, he realizes that as well. So. At this point, zero is, is where we are sticking uh, from the House's perspective. That's what we sent back in the amended version. And we said, look, we'll take your dates December 21st. You take our rates uh, during this interim period, and, and we're waiting on that to come back. You, we, we just heard the senator say he's concerned that nothing might be done. Didn't the legislature almost in a totality say, you got to do something this this year about this this whole nuclear issue, uh, both in regard to to SCNG and to Santee Cooper, which we'll talk about in a second. No question about it. The House voted 114 to one uh, on, on the bill that we sent uh, to the Senate. The original. 18 to 0, not the resolution. The resolution was the same. But if you look at the number between the House and the Senate, it was 127 members of the General Assembly versus 27 uh, that said no. So clearly, uh, a, a lion's share, a super majority, if you will, a support uh, taking this to zero. Uh, and we hope that still in this time that remains, knowing, of course, that, that our bills, uh, including the Senate Bill 954, all met the threshold of the crossover. Is there state. a political cost to not getting anything done? I think there is, mainly because, as I said, most of the folks that I talked to in the General Assembly and outside the General Assembly thought this was the major issue for us to deal with this year. The reason why I said I was afraid that nothing may not get, may get done is because uh, I'm afraid of gridlock. And we, we understand and we want to do all that we can um, reasonably for rate, rate payers, but at the same time, we don't want to do anything to throw the utilities at this point into any type of insolvency position. And uh, what, what percent of the bill, whether it's 18 percent or 5 percent or 3 percent or zero, will cause them to maybe uh, consider filing bankruptcy, we don't know yet. We think five is is good and from what we're hearing from utility companies that they probably can sustain five percent and still remain solvent as we move forward. Good that you bring that up. Uh, Dominion Energy, which wants to buy Scana, seems to be back in, in the game more aggressively, uh, renewing its advertising campaign and uh, trying to push this deal through. Now, to me, it's interesting that Dominion is still around. It suggests that, uh, that, that they want this rather badly and that maybe a reduction in the rates is not uh, a deal breaker. Do you get that sense? Well, I do now, but when we were discussing or debating the reduction in the rate, uh, we had received uh, vibes or either maybe some uh, direct messages from Dominion that uh, the reduction could probably be a deal breaker. Um, I really didn't believe that at the time, 
And I think now I think it's, it's at least it seems evident that the reduction is not going to be a deal breaker. I think Dominion is in this and they really want to uh, to to merge with, with Scanner or whatever the proper term is. And so I think that we still have some hope that something could be done in that area. Do you get the same impression? Well, I mean, Dominion is practicing retail politics. Obviously, they're doing it through an ad campaign, marketing campaign. Uh, our, our ultimate responsibility as members of the General Assembly is to protect our citizens and the ratepayer, and I, we're the ultimate rate setter. And so uh, what companies do, whether they merge or buy each other, uh, that is a matter of private business. You, you have a company, uh, Scana, who stock prices now in the mid to upper 30s. Uh, obviously, uh, when, when Dominion looked at that deal originally, I think the $55 mark was what they had set. Again, it's all precipitated on what their shareholders, what their stakeholders uh, will accept in this deal. But I can tell you, looking at it from our vantage point and looking at SCANA as a whole, during this time when they said, we, we cannot accept anything lower, we must collect on the, this nuclear debacle, they were giving great dividends at the same time to their shareholders. And they're, so and they're still I, collecting, even and as. They're, and they're still mm -hmm. collecting every day. And every day, uh, it's almost a million three daily, daily that is being collected. So it falls on deaf ears with me. Uh, I think there's a lot of moaning, but very little pain on their part. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm bothered by that. And, and the now notorious Baseload Review Act that, that kind of created the situation has not been repealed. It still exists. It's been repealed from the House, but the other side obviously has not. Correct. Okay, that's in your bill. That is correct. Okay. I want to change the other the other part of the uh, the nuclear equation, and that's that's the Santee Cooper piece. Uh, again, House action has uh, occurred in the past yes. week. You, you passed a bill that uh, would create an independent commission to assess the sale, really, of, of the utility, the public u utility. Um, do you know yet what it's worth? We don't. Uh, I mean, obviously, there isn't that they're, something they're that was supposed to be produced. Absolutely, and and again, before you sell an asset, no matter what that asset is, at least have a knowledge of what the worth is. I mean, obviously, we know uh, the debt load at, at Santee Cooper. Uh, we know an approximate value, say around ten billion dollars. But if you look at a ten billion dollar entity with an eight billion dollar debt load, that uh, leaves two billion dollars on the table. Uh, but I think what the House set out to do, and I hope the Senate will concur, uh, is is to look wholly at Santee Cooper. Is it is it better to sell it? Is it better to keep it? What kind of asset is it to the state? You know, historically, if you go back and look at Santee Cooper, really developed in the throes of, of the recession, uh, the Great Depression, excuse me, in 1934. And so, I, I think it had a it had a purpose then. Is that purpose still viable today? in economic development in South Carolina. Would, would you sell Santee Cooper? I don't know. I don't know, okay. but I, and, I, and I don't know because I don't know what it's worth. And, and you've also got to look at, at the, what it means to the state to have Santee Cooper versus not having Santee Cooper. Would you sell Santee Cooper Center? If, if I was forced to make a decision today, if somebody said you had to, to say yes or no today, I would say no. But aside of that, I agree with, uh, with Representative Simrel that I really don't know. I think that the right thing for us to do is to be a little more deliberate and let's get a full assessment of Santee Cooper, its value, um, what assets it may have for the state. Uh, I would hate to see us be hasty and move to sell and then realize later on we probably should not have. And so um, I'm really not sure, but I do think we need, to, we need to do the assessment and see what's in the best interest of the state, whether to sell or to keep, because Santee Cooper, as Gary says, uh, has more benefit to the state than just 
providing power. I think they play a major role in economic development and those types of things. I am or uh, have been interested in some of the, the meetings I've had with Nextera, who is very interested in buying Santee Cooper. This is but, the Florida-based right, company. Right, but I tell them every time we meet that, uh, you know, I, I enjoy meeting with them, but as far as selling uh, Santee Cooper, I'm not quite there yet. I'm sorry, will, will the Senate take up the House bill, do you expect? That's what I expect. Um, I, like I said, I expect when we get through the budget that, that the whole issue dealing with Scanner and Santee Cooper will be our priority before we leave here uh, next month. Well, and, and another aspect of that is, is part of what the House wants to do is review this, but you've got an opportunity as well uh, to have a private management company come in, manage Santee Cooper for, say, five years, right-size Santee Cooper, and then evaluate the worth uh, coming through what Santee Cooper has been with 45% ownership in V.C. Summer. Do, do you sense you have a little more time on the Santee Cooper side than you might on the SCVNG scan yes. side? Okay. I want to change gears, but only slightly. In addition to the to the nuclear meltdown, we've had a bit of a solar flare-out in the, this week, uh, and it's and it's back in, in, in your court in the House. Uh, the, the House agreed to a bill last week that would have increased essentially South Carolinians' ability to install solar power. Uh, this week you reversed that action in essence. Can you explain that? Sure. Uh, this bill, uh, 4421, uh, that came up, I think it got 61 votes the first time, or maybe 64. I thought it was 64. 64 to 33, yeah. I think. And then um, over the weekend, it was brought to the attention of uh, the House Speaker that the fact that in the bill dealt with tax exemptions, uh, that it may have a constitutional issue. Uh, and it would require the two-thirds threshold in order to pass. Obviously, the speaker looked at that. Uh, someone did raise the point on that um, situation. Uh, the speaker ruled that based on the constitutional uh, portion within the bill that it did need to get a two-thirds threshold. Normally, that would be 83. It's 82 now because we have one seat that is vacant. Uh, I think the second time it, it received 61 votes, so still a majority, but obviously not a majority to uh, pass that two-thirds How is threshold. this, as you say, brought to the attention of the speaker? There are, that, there are some assertions that, uh, that, that the utilities, in this case, SCENG and Duke Energy weighed in lobbied, I suppose is the word. It's hard to lobby for a point. Uh, someone could obviously bring uh, to your attention a flaw in a bill, uh, and then you would have to rule on that flaw. Who actually brought that, I do not know. I know it was raised by a House member on the floor. Uh, we would have to go back to that House member in that regard. I do know that, that once the Speaker realized this was happening, he allowed the, um, the James Smith, basically the author of the bill, this is what's coming down the pike so that he's very transparent. And I think that's one of the great things you see in our government today in the House and the Senate, uh, that in the bipartisan manner that we are open with each other in what went on. The, the result of that, of course, by not getting that two-thirds threshold, there was a move in the House to go into the Committee of the Whole, which is basically an executive session. And so I, I for one, I supported the solar bill both on the second reading and on the third reading, but I certainly did not support going into the Committee of the Whole. I, and think that I want to ask yeah, you about sure. that specifically. Sure. Because once the speaker ruled that you needed this this two-thirds majority, if the tax exemption remained in the bill, uh, in essence, you voted for that. For for you, know, you voted against the bill on the one hand, and you voted for the bill 
on the other hand. So you, you've. I would I would disagree with how that would, assessment. How would you characterize uh, it? Because again, when we voted on second reading on this bill, uh, none of us had looked at the provision uh, that dealt with this tax exemption and the constitutional ramifications. Is that a in and of itself that you hadn't? Possibly. So you need to go back and look at legislation and how it's crafted and what it means. That uh, we always talk about the the seal being placed on. Uh, bills and the importance of that, but it's also importance of, of the ramifications that, that deal with it from a constitutional standpoint if, in fact, um, you would have someone bring suit if you pass something that didn't meet the constitutional requirements. That being said, on second reading, as, as we said, 61 to, uh, or 64 to 33, I think it was, that bill passed. That On third reading is where we realized that, that the speaker obviously ruled that it had to have that threshold. The move by uh, the other side was to go into that executive session. But is that, it fair to say that nominally you were in favor of this bill yes. of, of opening up greater access to solar Absolutely. energy, uh, but you were not in favor of taking out that one little element in there, the exemption, that would have facilitated moving I, forward? I don't mind taking that exemption out. I wish that had been done at second reading or had been taken out of the bill earlier. Uh, Several of the parliamentary things that we have. Uh, one is. I think is, you were one of seven who. who I could have been. Gone and, both and, ways. Uh, but I, well, and, and I look at it as, as the parliamentary side. For example, uh, they say the filibuster in the Senate stops bills. Well, two thirds of the Senate can sit a member down. Many members say, although I don't agree with what's happening, I never vote to, to sit someone down because I respect the process. Uh, if you if you look at that or closure, there are many members in our General Assembly who support a certain bill or want to get through it, but they will never vote for cloture because they want to keep debate open. I feel the same way about those two items in addition uh, when we look at going into the Committee of the Whole, that executive session. I, I think that it, it's rare. Uh, most members talked to me and said, this never happened, I've been here 10 years. And I said, I've been here 26, and I think it's happened twice, maybe three times. Would, would and, the Senate take it would pass this solar bill? I would think that we would have. Um, I was very surprised and a little bit disappointed when I realized um, late, I think it was Tuesday night, that, that the House um, did not pass it because they couldn't get the two-thirds majority. I think most of the Senate support uh, the solar uh, energy aspect and it support the bill. And um, I think it would have passed in the Senate. I don't want to try to speak for everybody, but I think that the support is there. and. Um, Many, many of the members that I spoke to about the bill, uh, they were disappointed as I was, which makes me think that it, it possibly would have passed the Senate. But this, this is dead, though, now for this this term. Is there any, any way to revive this? Well, it, from the Senate's perspective, and this is the other part, we talk about parliamentary procedure, uh, that the Senate would have had a companion bill that they could have used. Uh, obviously, they still have the budget that they are working right. on today. There, there's a, an opportunity uh, that they could put a provision in the budget, sans the, the uh, constitutional portion, mm -hmm. and send it back to the House. There's enough support in the House for the, the solar The budget provision. still has a couple transits before, yeah, that is before you come to a final, and that has to be reconciled right. between, between the correct. two and, houses. And, and I was told that, that uh, a particular member of the Senate uh, intention, or had intention to put a proviso in the budget uh, which would bring the issue back to the forefront. Um, I do know that we have 27 amendments to get through today to finish the budget. I'm not sure if that proviso is in or not. I was told that that was the intention, but I'm not sure if that's in or not. Uh, and also, uh, one thing that's uh, I think important to note is that uh, we did pass a motion last year, or last yesterday, that as of three o'clock yesterday, 
no more amendments could be added. So that would have been Wednesday afternoon. Right. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not sure if, if that made it in or not. I hope it did just to give us another chance to deal with the issue. I'm just not sure at this one, point. One, one last point on this, this solar thing. I want to get on to a few other things in the time we have left. Uh, as you mentioned, this is Representative James Smith has been, been uh, I think, is the sponsor, prime sponsor of this bill. Uh, he's also a candidate for governor for the Democratic nomination. Uh, he, has, he has certainly been vocal about saying this is a jobs issue, that, that some 3,000 jobs may be at stake if solar uh, business drops off in South Carolina. So this is going to be a political issue, won't it? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Expect to see this come back. We'll be talking more about this in the months ahead. I, I agree with that. Okay. Uh, it, it just it just seems. I mean, you're you're both politicians. How do you how do you craft a message? For example, we'll, we'll be mildly hypothetical here. That 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 says uh, you're not going to get the nuclear power that you've been paying for, and you can't have the solar power that you might like. Could, could, can you see a politician answering that question? It, it would be tough, I think, and that's why I think I was disappointed, at least from the information I received, that you had your utility companies that were kind of uh, the impetus in bringing up this uh, this issue with the bill in the, in the House. And, and so I think um, I think the power companies got us again, it, for lack of a better term, because I think that the solar uh, bill was a good bill. It would have been beneficial to South Carolina. As you said, jobs were at stake. People would have had a chance to have a, uh, a cheaper form of energy, and then if it's true that they were the one that brought this issue to light, I just think they kind of got us again, aside from the nuclear debacle, and then also uh, affecting the, the solar bill going forward. But, but it would be hard to craft a message, I well, think. And one remedy for that very easily, uh, Senator Johnson, and, and is to pass either 954 back to us with zero as the rate. Uh, or uh, pass the Baseload Review Act revisions that we did at zero. Sure. And if you want to protect the ratepayer in South Carolina, that is one surefire way to do it. And the ball is in the Senate's court to be able to do that. At any time, you can put solar on your house. Typically, what we're talking about in the solar bill is that expansion. Uh, and, and certainly, uh, one of the negatives that came from this provision that we talked about a little bit ago dealing with the constitutional was, was the caps. We don't want to lose the jobs and in and South Carolina. And the relationship between the homeowner and his solar Absolutely. panels so, and the power company that, that but We, we want rates. both of those as a majority in the House, both the solar provision and we also want that uh, rate payer paying zero and not 18. We've got three minutes le left and we're not going to solve the budget today. <laughs> That's still a work in progress. But on, on the crossover which we talked about, what disappoints you that, that didn't get from your house to his or vice versa? I think, um, and there were several, I think, major pieces of legislation that didn't make it, but I think the one that probably disappoints me the most is the, the bill, what we, which we call the Charleston Loophole. Um, I think, especially being a member of the Senate and having a, a colleague of ours um, murdered uh, and, and, and the, uh, the person who committed yes. the crime, Mr. Roof, uh, is a prime example of why we needed that loophole closed. And uh, most of the folks who, who try to buy firearms, I think the vast majority, over 90 percent, uh, will get clearance within the three days, but the ones that have issues, um, this bill would have made that three days go to five days. And it probably could have prevented what happened in Charleston even. So I'm just, I think my biggest disappointment is that we could not get that bill passed and 
close that loophole. So on, on guns, in spite of Parkland, in spite of Charleston, uh, in spite of all of these recurring issues, uh, in spite of, I could also say, uh, the governor's state of the state request for, for uh, resource officers in every school, nothing got done on guns. Correct. And, and uh, you talk about crossover, though, and being disappointed. And, and this year, really, the crossover didn't mean anything because all the bills that were of importance were passed prior to crossover. And we really talk about, which as you ones? mentioned earlier, Tell me which all of the, the VC summer bills, all of those that were related, all of those were passed early on in the session in the House. No crossover in mind, not even close to the date, and yet they languish in the Senate. And, and that is that is part I, of I the think issue. The senator would say that the gun legislation was one of the important ones. It, it was. In and, my and opinion, at least. No, no question. If you look at the gun situation in both, whether it's Parkland or whether it's Charleston, uh, these are these are federal. Uh, issues that have not been resolved. They're the loopholes that deal with that. But as, as a body, as a bicameral system that we have, we must work together. I'm fortunate that I can work with Senator Johnson, who's yes. been a small town mayor, uh, who's been a member of the House. I mean, he's seen uh, the totality of, of public service, and, and we're very fortunate. If he and I could sit down together, we could hammer this out. There's a candidate for the, for the State House who wants to make the legislature a unicameral. Well, he picked the wrong one, one to get house, rid of. One House, not a bicameral. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he wants to get rid of the House. <laughs> Uh, that, that's that's a campaign right. uh, issue. I was but, not aware of that. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, and and it's and it's the, the one of the local districts here, mm -hmm. Kirkman Finley's mm -hmm. district. His potential opponent. Um, un, under a minute. Last last thought on here. What's what's the last big thing you got to do? We're, well, the budget. And so the House has passed the budget. Uh, the Senate hopefully wraps that up today. Uh, we'll get a conference committee together and hammer out those details. Interestingly enough, we're able to do the budget every year. We should be able to focus on the other pieces of legislation with the same aplomb. We are out of time. And speaking of time, one piece that also did not get through was legislation to take South Carolina off of daylight savings time. So we're going to stay on daylight savings time, <laughs> which means we'll be back here next week at the same time. Uh, thanks to, to uh, both Senator Johnson and to Representative Sinmo for, for sharing their thoughts on, on the complex nature of, of legislating these days. Thanks as always to you for being with us. From the University of South Carolina's Kennedy Greenhouse Studio and for SCETV, I'm Charles Beardow.